Hi, church. Hello. My name is Caroline. If you don't know me, there's a lot of new people here who I, I've never met before. This is amazing. So awesome. Uh, my name is Caroline Sakanashi, and I am the director of merchandising with Heavenly Treasures, also known as Shop with a Mission. We actually go by Shop with a Mission now. Um, so um, I'm just so happy to be here because for those of you who don't know, Mission Valley was my home church for 14 years, and my husband was um, in ministry here as a pastor, and about five and a half years ago, we went to Orange County to minister at a church um, down there, and um, I think there's a slide of my family. Um, There they are, and um, just a really brief update. Uh, we are no longer serving in church in a church capacity. Um, Philip, through the pandemic and everything, unfortunately was laid off uh, from the church. And so he's working now as a professional photographer, doing like events and like other types of things. And so God is really blessing him. And, you know, the Lord had told him about a year and a half ago that he wanted him to grow in outreach. And so that's what he's doing out in the world. And then those are our two kids. That's Kara. And Kai, Kara is 17, she's a a junior in high school, and Kai is 13, almost 14 next month, so he's here today with me, and so um, if, you know, I told him that he needs to look people in the eyes and talk to them, so you can go talk to him. He probably can hear me out there, he's probably cringing right now, but anyway, um, (laughs) but so just so you know a little bit about me, I grew up in the church. It wasn't my parents, actually, that brought me to church. My grandparents and my auntie brought me to church when I was young because my parents weren't Christians. Um, My mom had grown up in the church, but she fell away from the Lord um, at a younger age. And so my only experience with church was going to grandma and grandpa's house and them taking me to church. And so that happened for many, many years. And when I was 10 years old, um, my dad happened to go with me to a Billy Graham crusade. Do you guys remember Billy Graham? For those of you who are young, Billy Graham is like like the Stephen Furtick, sort of, of the time. Um, and so he would do these huge crusades, and, and um, he said, you know, if anybody believes in Jesus, you'll come down, and you'll accept Christ down on the field. And so I tugged on my dad's shirt and I said, Daddy, aren't we supposed to go down to the field? And I remember my mom looking at my dad and she smacked him in the side and she goes, Gary, take your down to the field. (laughs) And he wasn't even really a Christian at that time, okay? Um, Fast forward, my dad ended up becoming a pastor, okay? (laughs) And a superintendent of our conference, of the conference that you guys are a part of. But um, when I was in seventh grade, so because I was growing up in church, when I was in seventh grade, um, I went to church camp, and I remember part of the church camp where the missionaries would come in and share to the youth. Well, if you go to the next slide, um, there's me in seventh grade with my mullet, and I'm still wearing a jean jacket to this day. Um, but that was me in seventh grade. I was actually, that was a picture of me in Japan. I went, when I was 11 years old, I actually went by myself to Japan uh, to visit my cousins because I wanted to go. I was always very independent. And so my dad said, okay, if you want to go to Japan, you have to figure out how much it costs, call the travel agent, do all the things, and then we'll send you. So I did that. My ticket was $428. Wasn't that a good deal? I convinced them because I was turning 12 on the airplane. I convinced them to give me a child's ticket. So they did. 
Isn't that amazing? So anyway, so when I was in seventh grade, a few years later, we were at camp, and there was this lady that kind of looked similar to this Photoshop lady that I made. You see her? Kind of looked similar to that. She didn't wear makeup. She had these big, huge glasses, and she had gray hair, and it was like really big. Not that there's nothing wrong with gray hair or big hair, okay? But it was not what I had thought was cool, okay? And I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. And I'm like, I am never going to become a missionary. And I thought to myself, this is the most boring presentation I had ever seen. I remember she had made like a map of the world and she'd made a map of Africa and she showed Rwanda. And I'm like, who cares? I didn't care. I was like, this is lame. Okay. And of course I'm in seventh grade. So you're a little bit more edgy than normal, right? No offense to the seventh graders. But, um, <laughs> but I thought to myself, I'm not doing that. I'm going to be Paula Abdul or Mariah Carey or Janet Jackson. So today when Pastor Dave gave me this microphone, I was like, I can be Janet Jackson today on the stage at church. This is so amazing. And so I had taken dance classes and sung for my whole life. So I was going to be, that's what I wanted to do with my life. Okay. And so um, by the time I reached my senior year in high school, which was in 1994, for all of you oldies out there, um, that's going to be 30 years next year. Okay. Sounds like a long time. Doesn't feel like a long time. But, um, you know, I, I was a senior in high school, and I, and I had been working for about three years. I started my first job when I was 15. And so all through, because my parents said, you should get a job to learn what it's like to work and to work hard. And so I had always had a job and working in a retail. I worked at the Hello Kitty store. You know, I worked at all these different places. And um, I fell in love with retail, Okay, so by the time I went to college, I um, had been working at Nordstrom Santa Anita, and I was in the brass plum department. It used to be called brass plum back in the day, and um, I was on my way to management. I was actually there for about five years. I was going to become a buyer with Nordstrom, and and uh, I was ready to go. And um, I had really struggled with depression and anxiety during that phase in my life. And so I decided to quit school. And so I quit school, and I decided to take a break. And um, during that time, God really spoke to my heart. And he was like, I want you to go back to school. And so um, around the same time, my mom, Kathy Galton, had gone on a missions trip to Tanzania um, with our church. And she had had this vision to start Heavenly Treasures. And so, um, you know, I I really wasn't involved because I, I, you know, was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life and and all of that. And um, But somehow, during that same time, somebody coerced me to go on a short-term missions trip to Mexico, okay, and to stay in tents. And those of you who know me, I do not stay in tents. I do not like tents. I'm like, I will never go camping. I'm just not that type of person, okay? I sound very vain and, and shallow. But, um, but really, like poor Philip, he likes camping, but I'm like, sorry, I'm not going, dude. So, um, so, so we went on this trip to Mexico, and I couldn't believe how joyful the people were despite the fact that they had nothing. And it just broke my heart. And I was like, Wow. There's people out there that love Jesus and they have nothing. 
I mean, nothing. Like, and what they did was they served us beans and rice and basically was all they had. And they served us the most amazing meal, right? And it probably was their meals for the week, to be honest. And um, so God started breaking my heart and, and showing me that um, loving Jesus was also for the world, you know? And it wasn't about how I looked or if I wore makeup or not, or, you know, if I wore fashionable clothing, but, um, but that, you know, it was my job as a Christian to reach out to people, whether it be, you know, in my school, in my home, in my family, whatever it was, um, that my job as a Christian was, as a part of the body of Christ, was to be somebody who shared about Jesus. Okay, so I have this thing in my, my pocket here. And um, it's this, it's a heart. You see that? Um, there's a picture of one. Um, it's a raw soapstone heart. And there's a Bible verse that says, hold on, I can't read it. My, I don't have my reading glasses, so I can't see that far. <laughs> you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay, and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. And that comes from Isaiah 64, 8. And God calls us not only to a life that is given to him, but to an extraordinary life, a part of the body. And so it's kind of cool that I came today on Membership Sunday because really becoming a member, it's an amazing thing to become a member of a church, you know, because that means you're part of the body. You're, 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 you're proclaiming, I'm part of this body. And I think a lot of times what happens is um, we look at our life and we say, well, I'm too hard, or I have too many cracks, or I have too many chisels, or there's things that I'm not finished. I'm not ready to become a Christian, or I'm not ready to become a member. I'm not ready to be baptized. I'm not ready to share the gospel with somebody. But I'm here to tell you today that you're ready just as you are, that it doesn't take some special power for you to share the gospel with somebody or to share your love for Jesus with somebody. It doesn't have to be some magical language that you share. You don't have to speak Christianese. You don't have to have certain gifts, okay? You just have to be who you are. And um, if you want to learn more about what the Bible says about the body, there's a verse that you can look up at home. It's called 1 Corinthians 12. 12 through 27. And so some people, he did call to be missionaries abroad. Some people are supposed to be there full time. Some people are like, I'm going to call them out, are like Co, who likes to go to Brazil, like, I don't know, every year or something, right, Co? Or every so often you go and you do short-term missions. Some people, he's called to be, you know, a mission field in the courtroom like Kim or in, you know, wherever God has planted you. He's called you to be a missionary. And you might be going, oh, no, that's so scary. <laughs> He's called you to be a missionary at your local Starbucks, right? To treat people with kindness, to show them love. And so the question is, is how do we do this? How do we do the call to love God, love people, and make disciples? And the way that is the first step is God gives us the greatest commandment, and it comes from the Bible. So sometimes you might hear, oh, you should be reading the Bible. You're like, why do I need to read the Bible? It's so boring. There's so many names of people listed in that one book of the Bible. Why do I have to read a hundred names of people who are related to so-and-so and so-and-so? You know, and you think it's like really boring, right? You might think 
It's boring, but actually the Bible's very exciting. And um, in this verse, it says, let's read it together. The great commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's Matthew twenty-two thirty-six through 40. So really, your call is to just love God. And as you develop your relationship with Christ, he will start to equip you to share the love of Jesus with others. And I know it sounds scary. It sounds really scary, but I have three tips of things that you can do to kind of take an assessment, um, which we'll get into in a minute. But, you know, the thing is, is that even the disciples... The 12 disciples that walked with Jesus and lived, lived alongside him every day, they felt they weren't equipped, some of them, right? And um, it says, in Matthew 28, it says, Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So the disciples doubted, right? But Jesus said, I have given you the authority in my name. When I died on the cross, when, I, when my blood was shed, I gave you after that the Holy Spirit. And so the exciting thing, people, is God has given us the Holy Spirit, right? So the three things that we have to ask, the first one is, what has he gifted me with? Now, you may think, well, I don't have any gifts and talents. Like, I'm not a singer or I don't play guitar, or I can't draw, or I'm not gifted in audiovisual, or you can have all these different excuses, but I can guarantee you God has gifted you with at least one gift, right? And when you accept Jesus, he gives you at least one spiritual gift, right, Pastor Dave? Right. So if you want to know what your gifts are, you can ask Pastor Dave or Pastor Annette. If you want to know what your spiritual gifts are, or maybe even your small group leader, they can give you a spiritual gifts assessment to figure out what are your gifts. Or talk to one of your closest friends. Say, what am I gifted in? And I guarantee you, they will tell you what your gifts are and what you're talented in. So that's the first step, is say, what am I gifted in? The second part is, where has he planted me? Maybe he's planted you in a job that you hate. I was there once. I was in a job I hated. I worked at IndyMac Bank in Pasadena, and I worked as an analyst. For those of you who know me, I am the least detail-oriented and analytical person you will ever meet. Why was I there? Because I was like this. And what happened was, I was there for about three years when my daughter Cara was little, and the Lord needed to teach me about evangelism. And turns out my cube mate, for those of you who don't work in like a corporate setting, we have these little areas called cubicles, and that's like your little office area. And so I had a cube mate, and my cube mate was Buddhist. And so through 
having lunch together every day, through, you know, talking and sharing, she started asking me about Jesus. And it turned out her boyfriend was a Christian. And so through developing the relationship, she started coming with me here to Mission Valley to Bible study. And so after a while, she accepted Christ. And was that me? No, that was the Holy Spirit. And so that was God equipping me for this time, for even for this time now. And in Acts 1.8, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen, people? Isn't that great? That's great and exciting news that you don't have to lean on your own power and your own strength, that you can lean on the power of the Holy Spirit, that you can lean on the power of the blood of Jesus that was shed for you and that was shed for all your junk, right? And you know what? He wants to use that junk. He wants to use your weakness. He wants to use the trauma that's happened to you. And you might think, I am never telling anybody about that trauma, But you know what? I guarantee you he wants to use it for his glory because he wants to take anything and turn it around. Even the worst thing that you can think of that has happened to you, he wants to use that and turn it around and make it for his glory. Isn't that exciting? You don't have to have special powers, but you just have to be willing. You have to allow God to come into your life. You have to allow him to speak in and through you. You just have to grow. Your only job is to grow. Your job is to grow. And I can guarantee you that he will make these divine appointments happen. Okay? Now, a lot of times we might think, well, I wish I was a hand, or I wish I was a leg, or I wish I was this or that. But you might be a hair follicle. I don't know. You know, you might be part of the body that is behind the scenes, and that's okay. That's okay, you know? Um, But in terms of missions, okay, for me, God has a funny sense of humor, doesn't he? So now I'm a missionary today, and I go to foreign countries, and I work with people in the most remote villages around the world. You know, we've had to go to the bathroom in a a pile of sticks. You know, we we try not to stay like overnight in places that don't have beds because we have to sleep, okay? (laughs) But God will equip you for what he wants you to do and for what his purposes are for your life and what assignment he's given you. Your whole life might just be for one person. Your whole life might just be to share the gospel with one family member or to pray for somebody. Or you may not even see that person to come to Christ, you know? Like, how excited was I that Quinn, that Quinn became a member today? Because I walked with her when she was going through her divorce She came to our house, you know, and I didn't see the last five years of her life, 
But it brings me so much joy to see how God is growing her and how he can grow you and he can use you for his glory. It may not be right away. It may not be in five years. It may be in 25 years. It may be for your grandchildren, you know. So Heavenly Treasures, my mom started it 25 years ago. Isn't that exciting? It's been 25 years. And when we started out of our family garage, I didn't want nothing to do with it because, you know, I was the Nordstrom girl, right? But God led me there. And so I've been there about 15 years now. And I love what I do. I get to go around the world and and meet people in the most remote places who love Jesus despite their poverty. You know, I get to come to churches and share with people. I get to, you know, share with customers that come into our store in Glendora. And the thing is, is my mom, her one gift was the gift of shopping. (laughs) Yeah, that was her gift. So maybe God has gifted gifted you with something that you would never even imagine that he could turn into a ministry. It might not be a full-blown ministry. It might not be a nonprofit organization. But maybe it's a ministry of like two people, three people, right? And so um, today we support over 2,000 artisans around the world. And our main goal is to help them so they don't go hungry. How many people are sitting here right now and they're hungry? How many people get hangry when you're overly hungry, (laughs) right? Can you imagine being so hangry? Well, our friend Abel, if you go to the slide that has all the pictures of all the people, okay, see Kara and Kai are up there on the screen? That's Kara and Kai with our friend Abel. We went to Kenya as a family um, in uh, June of last year, and um, thanks to so many people who gave to support our trip. And it was a life-changing trip for them to see kids and people in poverty. So Abel there, oh no, go back. I'm gonna talk, uh, you can leave this up for a while. Abel, when we first met him like 15 years ago, he was so poor that he could only have chai. Now, you may think, oh, I love chai. It's not chai like from Starbucks, okay? (laughs) Chai means tea, and so he was so poor with his three kids, he could only choose milk or sugar to put in his, co- his, in his chai every day, and that was his food. He, that was his meal for the day, and through working with us, oh, actually, Kimbo, can you hand me my, um, my bag? Well, sorry. <laughs> um, okay, so he makes these frames, okay, see these frames? Through making these frames, he's employing some, in some seasons up to 40 people. And he's feeding his family three times a day, and he's sending his kids to school. Because in developing countries, you have to pay to send your kids to school. You have to pay school fees, and they have to wear uniforms. And so now, he's actually working as a pastor. And on the side, he makes the handicrafts as well. So that's one. So we say every product represents a changed life. So he's a sample of that. Then um, on the left is Samorin. See her cute, smiling face? She makes these really pretty jewelry items. And we've been working with her for about 10 years. Or No, now it's been probably about 20 years, sorry. And about, after about eight years of working with her, she asked us about Jesus. And so we gave her a Bible reading plan. So she reads the Bible, 
and she's a single mom now, and she has a son, and she sends him to Christian school in Thailand. And I went to Thailand for the first time in January, and I cannot tell you how dark it is there. Not dark as in dark, it's spiritually dark. There's Buddhist um, shrines about every five feet where you walk. And so to be Thai is also to be Buddhist. And to be Buddhist is to be Thai in their country. So we're really working with her to try and, you know, help her get through, like, figuring out how does she still uh, respect her family and at the same time follow Jesus. And one of the ways she's doing that is she's sending her son to Christian school. Isn't that amazing? That's so amazing. So this is why we do what we do. And down there, Agnes on the bottom left and her daughter, um, Angela, she's been able to support her daughters going to professional school to become nurses and professionals through selling her handicrafts. And um, this bag here, we have a group of people in La Barrette, Kenya. There's a, a reusable shopping bag. You could take it and to Trader Joe's and all the people say, oh, where'd you get that bag? Was that on the wall? Be like, no, it's Shop With a Mission. You know, and so we've seen uh, many people's lives change. In, um, on the bottom picture there, that group, I know you can't really see their faces, but that is one of the three Heavenly Treasures Kenya self-help groups. So these self-help groups learn about finances. They learn about business. So what they're doing is they learn about investing their money. So when they have money, they save it, they invest it, and right now what they're doing is they're trying to buy a piece of land. They've saved about $10,000. And so they can buy land because land in Kenya appreciates really fast, and then when they sell it, then they can kind of grow their income, their money, right? And so it's really exciting because now there's three groups, and they all have to invest their own time and their own money to this group, and there's lots of rules that they have to follow to be in it. But... It's amazing. They're growing, okay? In Guatemala, see this? Isn't this beautiful? This is a a representation of all different types of uh, Guatemalan Mayan tribes. It's all made from um, reusable blouses. In Guatemala, last year, we were able to help build um, the second half of a Sunday school classroom. And so our artisan coordinator now has a place for her Sunday school kids to go because they have this whole neighborhood and all these kids come from the neighborhood to go to Sunday school now. And so we're able to do that. So not only are we helping these people economically, but we're helping them spiritually to learn about Jesus, to grow, and to thrive. And some it just takes a long time, just like here, right? To, To reach out to a family member that doesn't know Jesus, sometimes it takes a really long time, right? But in China... We have these ladies that make these beautiful bags, and there's been about 60 women that have learned the skills of sewing, and they're in small groups. And, you know, being a Christian in China is illegal, okay? And so it's all in the underground church. And so we're really excited to see these women. And I got to tell you, these ladies really need orders. So if you like their little cute flowery hand-sewn stuff, please buy something because they really need some orders. And they have disabilities. They have the effects of leprosy. And so they might have, like, you know, um, issues with their joints. They might have issues with um, their skin, different things like that. And so um, they make these. And so the bottom line is 
is that if you give God your heart and you give him your all, he will take it and do something that you would have never dreamed would happen. Okay? And so today, when you see all the people outside, all the products outside, when I see the products, I see people. And so would you think of somebody that you can buy a gift for? And this is the way that you can get involved in missions without having to go. Maybe you're like, I'm really scared. I don't want to go anywhere. That's fine. That's fine. But you can shop, right? You can help us change lives around the world. Thanks, Kim. And so um, I just want to end with um, just a thank you to your church for supporting us. Um, You guys have been such a huge part of what we do, and so we are so grateful for your giving. We're so thankful for you guys who come to the store. We're having a fabulous fashion show and tea. We're having two of them that are available in December, so if you want to know more about that, we have flyers for that. And um, your generous giving has helped us, you know, bring people to Jesus. So let's pray, and... um, If you have more questions, you can come talk to me afterwards, and uh, I'd be happy to talk to you. All right, let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for this time. I thank you for these people. I thank you for their talents and their gifts and abilities. I thank you for the ways that you're going to use them for your glory, the ways that you're going to give them courage and boldness in the areas that they're scared to share about. But Lord, we pray that heaven would be released in their lives, that the chains of sin and bondage and the things that that have been holding them back would be broken even now. And so, Lord, we thank you for this time, and we praise you, O Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.